Welcome to Across the Middle with Frank Cholette. Number one. Your number one source for NFL, NBA, and college sports. Here's your host, Frank Cholette. What up, what up, what up, everybody? Welcome to episode number seven of Across the Middle with yours truly, Frank Cholette, where I am stoked to talk football, man. I'm telling you, we got some things taking place, man. In college football with Oklahoma and Texas jumping ship, deciding that they would be better off in the uh, SEC rather than the Big 12. And also, you know, what's going to take place over here with these other teams, you know? You know, what's going to happen with Baylor and those teams? I have some theories that I think might work out a lot better for them. And we're going to take this quick break so that I can give you an idea of what we should do. So uh, I'll be right back with you after this break. You're listening to Across the Middle, Gridiron Sports Report. All right, the topic of the day and probably of the year is going to be Round one. What happened? Why did OU and Texas bail? Why did they go to the SEC? Well, I'll tell you why. That's where the better football is being played. That's where the money's being at. And that's where kids want to go play because it really doesn't matter what school you go to over there. You're going to get drafted in the league. You're going to get drafted in the league. And for Oklahoma and Texas, it makes sense. Now that they have passed these rules, the college players can officially get paid. You want to be in a conference that has the biggest payout. It just makes sense. Now, I know these other schools, Baylor and them, you know, all I hear is a bunch of. Hey, want to hear the most annoying sound in the world? Hey, man, y'all just won the national title. You have options. If I were y'all, if I was Oklahoma State, if I was Texas Tech, if I was TCU, I would be looking at the Pac-12. First of all, y'all would enhance that league. They would want you in because then this opens up the state of Texas to their conference. But more importantly, man, you would have one heck of a basketball conference. Big time basketball conference. Now, some of the projections that I heard in this new conference alignment in terms of how the divisions, and and this is just speculation. I got it off of one of the guys at YouTube, but it made sense. He had Missouri, Oklahoma, Texas, Texas A&M, Arkansas, Mississippi, Mississippi State, and LSU in the same division. Man. You talk about some big-time football being played in that part of the division. I would love that, man. I would love that. So Texas and OU, you get a... That was a brilliant move. That was a brilliant move. Yeah, are you going to catch flack for that? Of course you are. Change is never easy, especially when so many other teams were depending on you. But one thing we know for sure, they got it right. They got it right. And we'll look back on this 5, 10, maybe even 15, 20 years from now that most of us is lucky enough to live that long. We'll look back on it and we'll say, man, that was one hell of a move. One hell of a move. So I'm going to take a quick break. I'll be right back with you to tell you why I think it was a hell of a move. You're listening to Across the Middle, Gridiron Sports Report. 
why I think it was a great move. Recruiting comes down to it, man. The best players in the nation are running to the SEC. You might get some that go to the Big Ten, to Ohio State and Michigan, but pound for pound, maybe some to the ACC. You have Clemson over there. But pound for pound, the best players are running to the SEC. And the best players are produced by the state of Texas. And guess where they're running to? The SEC. So if you're Oklahoma and you're Texas and your lifeline, your recruiting lifeline depends on the state of Texas, you have to go where the kids are going to the SEC. This is why I think it makes all the sense in the world. You know, and, 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 and for the Oklahoma states, which I believe they probably should have been given an invite for whatever reason they weren't, because they've certainly been better at football recently than Texas has been. But Texas is the bigger draw. They have their own network. And you know what? Texas kids, Texas is serious about keeping Texas kids in that state. So is A&M. Because we watch Alabama and everybody else live off of them. Big time players leave, man. Big time players. So once again, man, I think that it's a good thing that if West, West Virginia goes to the ACC, you get Tech, a, uh, Texas, uh, TCU, Baylor, and Oklahoma State jumps to the Pac-12. I think that'll be an outstanding move. I don't understand why everybody's so dead set against it. Against it. You're talking about a pretty daggone good basketball conference at the very least. The basketball in that conference is going to be high level, second to none. We're going to take a break, and then I'm going to talk Cowboys and how I'm so proud of them because I think they finally got it right in the draft going defense. But more importantly, they brought in some big-time playmakers. And Randy Gregory looks to be the next big thing in Dallas. Having some electrical problems at home? Or maybe it's your place of business no worries. Call the professionals at Delgado Electric. With years of experience in both home and commercial business, you have the peace of mind and guarantee that it's A-plus quality and service. Call Blas Delgado, the owner and operator at 432-312-4142. Again, that's 432-312-4142. And tell Blas, I sent you. Alrighty, as we come back for segment number two, and this is what I generally call the Cowboys Texans Report. Brought to you by the Lone Star Bar. Here's your host, Frank Chalette. Oh, once again, I'm back for this Cowboys Texans Report. Uh, not really much to uh, report on the Texans other than uh, Deshaun Watson has returned, and there's speculation that he's going to be moved to uh, possibly the Eagles, which I hope, I hope that doesn't happen, or possibly the Giants, which I definitely hope doesn't happen. And then the third team that's being mentioned is possibly the Miami Dolphins. Send them there. I don't want to have to deal with him in Dallas twice a year. There's no way. That's not fair. So we're going to kick this segment off with round two. Randy Gregory, I, I'm going to go out on a limb just like a lot of these other people. I've watched him, man. The guy looks incredible. 
Not too many people in this league give Tyron Smith problems. And Randy Gregory is giving him problems. I I have him. I think he's going to get anywhere between 12 to 16 sacks this year. Honestly. Honestly, man. Randy Gregory is like on another planet. I listen a lot to uh, DallasCowboy.com. Brian Broaddus. He's one of my favorite people, man. Um, I like to hear him evaluate and break down film and tape and stuff like that. This is what, uh, what Brian Broaddus had to say about Randy Gregory. Hey, I'm going to give you credit yesterday for the Diggs interception because of your coverage of Pollard in the flat. <laughs> man, what about that, huh? Hey, you know, I'm an athlete. You, know, you are the, an uh... athlete, man. I'll tell you what, I mean, you know, Quinn's got you going up the field and throwing all those moves. But, man, you carried a shifty running back up the <laughs> sidelines, and it took it, it took the read away from the quarterback. Yeah. So is that something? I mean, you're it, obviously it's like you're just you're gambling your rear off out there doing that stuff. But yeah. talk about having to play a little bit of pass coverage every man, once in a while. Well, I out, like bro. it, you know, because it, it really shows my athleticism. I the think man uh, is all the guys out. we have at end um, have the ability to do that. And, um, you know, I think it speaks volumes when our when our coaches really believe in us to go out there and do that. You know, we have different packages. And one of the things I love about Coach Quinn and the whole defensive staff is, you know, we, we're very um, diverse in our, you know, our packages and different guys we can put in there and different things, different schemes we can do. And um, that's one of the things we can do is have our guys go out there and cover people. And, um, you know, it's kind of funny because we're seeing uh, the offense, you know, they'll have, Tony and Zeke back there, you know, they said they were going to do that. You know, trying to create So it's uh, it's nice to go out there and show, you know, how good of an athlete I can be. Um, The thing that really jumps out to me in that segment is uh, how excited he sounds. Because for years, we've heard from other teams that the Dallas Cowboys play one of the uh, basic, simple schemes. Uh, they're easy to read. Uh, you can you 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 can figure them out real quick. And I got a soundbite by Dan Quinn. I love how he describes how they're flying around and they're making plays and they don't have to think about it. Just playing with a swagger and a confidence factor into creating turnovers. Well, I think uh, swagger and confidence creates speed. You know, because now. Uh, when you have confidence, you really don't have to think and think and the hesitation. Let's face it, when we're confident, we know exactly what to do and we can let it rip. And so by playing fast, that means you have confidence. And that goes into a lot of ways. On this one with Dan running, trusting the communication, gold. owning the leverage. So I can play a certain technique to allow you to go. And so what's nice about the team right now, you're seeing some of that come to life on the field. Um, there was a couple plays yesterday I really saw um, – a play from Leighton and from Randy really ripping and running, but it was a, a corner who had set the edge of the defense to allow these two to go and make this kind of hit right at the same time. So those moments are good teachable ones. And uh, when we get a chance to go back into the film room together as a defensive unit, I kind of go through the, the highlights of the day. and the. Low- That's uh, defensive coordinator uh, Dan Quinn. Uh, you may remember him from being with the Atlanta Falcons, but he was a head coach there. But he did have him in the Super Bowl. Super Bowl they should have won. But he also was a defensive coordinator under uh, Pete Carroll over there with the uh, Seattle Seahawks when they had Ray, Ray uh, you know, uh, what's his name? Uh, when they had uh, Cam Chancellor and they had Richard Sherman and all those guys. 
Um, the guy knows what he's talking about. And what I like about his scheme is it fits the players we have. When I heard uh, Mike Nolan last year talking about playing a 3-4, I was like, we don't have that personnel. We didn't have it. So he had guys playing out of position. And even when I look back at tape, a lot of guys, particularly Jalen Smith and Leighton Van Der Esch, they were hesitant a lot of times. Now, I attribute a lot of their bad play last year to lack of defensive tackles because we had two starters get injured right off the bat. And then you had to deal with rookies. And then uh, one guy is just a, more of a run stopper. But we didn't stop nobody from running last year. So, I mean, when you get into these kind of things, you're starting to realize that um, – Randy Gregory is going to be a game changer. Michael Parsons, man. I mean, my God. Did, I don't know if y'all seen it, but there's a video viral out there where Lamb is going deep. And Parsons is 50, 60 yards down the field with him. You're talking about a guy that came out of high school as a defensive end and was converted to a middle linebacker at Penn State. And he's running with C.D. Lamb, who, by the way, is putting on one heck of a show. That's all you keep hearing about is C.D. Lamb, C.D. Lamb. Obviously, he's taking advantage of the fact that Amari Cooper isn't there. And that's what you want to see out of your second-year player. So C.D. Lamb looks good. Diggs looks good. Him and Lamb are going at it, man. Watch out for Diggs, man. This, this kid's a baller. We should have known that. He came out of Alabama. But he's a baller. Kevin, Kelvin Joseph, boss man fat on the other side. He looks like he might be taking a brown spot. Stephen Jones came out today and pretty much said, man, they have taken notice of this kid. Now, what a lot of people forget about Boss Man Fat, a.k.a. Kelvin Joseph, he was the number one quarter in, corner in the nation coming out of high school. Committed to LSU, played there for about nine games. There was a falling out there, and then he transferred to Kentucky where he continued to ball out and had a fallout there. And a lot of the falling out had nothing to do with his attitude or discipline or nothing like that. He was trying to, he was trying to juggle a rap career while playing major college football. He now says that rap is, is secondary and that, you know, this is his job now, the NFL, because he's making that real money now. That's really what it comes down to. Other guys balling out. Nashawn Wright. This is the guy that was projected to be, what, fifth, sixth-round pick. Cowboys took him in the second. No, in the third, and a lot, of people, a lot of people got upset at that. They were upset at the Cowboys for taking this man in, in, in the third. But all he's doing is backing them up. He's making them look good. He's making them look like they knew something that the rest of us didn't know. And that's why sometimes you got to be – you know, you got to be careful, you know. <laughs> you know, the, this cowboy organization kind of reminds me of that. Well, I'll play it for you. You know, Lloyd, just when I think you couldn't possibly be any dumber, you go and do something like this. And totally redeem yourself. Yeah. You know, just when we thought they couldn't get any worse after watching that defense, and they, let's, be, let's be honest, they had a lot of injuries last year. A lot of injuries. Here's the thing, you know, a lot of people, and I was tough on Zeke. 
I, I didn't appreciate the fumbles. You know, I understand you're trying hard, but you're hurting your team. But I think some people are a little bit too hard on this cat. They forget he essentially lost four starting offensive linemen and a starting quarterback and a starting tight end. I don't know too many backs that would even get close to 1,000 yards, let alone get there. And he was, what, 30, 40 yards short of 1,000 yards? Missing four starters? Because a lot of people forget Travis Frederick had retired right before the season began. So this kind of put Zeke in a situation where, you know, he probably felt like he had to do too much. But I'll tell you one thing, man, he looks good now. He didn't trim down to 218 pounds. He's got the burst. He's got the speed, the change of direction. Now, a lot of people are in an uproar that Mike McCarthy just recently said that Zeke won't be carrying the ball as much as he used to. That's only smart. You don't need him to kill himself during the regular season. If y'all do what I project y'all to do, you're going to be in the postseason, and that's when you need him. All right, folks, I'm going to take one more break and I will come back with my closing rant and my thoughts on OU Texas. That's where we're going. All right, folks, as we jump right back into the show, man, I'm going to tell you something, man. I got to tell you a crazy story that happened to me. True story. Now, as you know, most of you, I DJ at nighttime. You know, I host karaoke sometimes, you know, four times out of the week when we get back to it, you know, at the Lone Star Bar. Well, anyway, man, we had this one night, man, where we are crazy packed, man. And, you know, the floor is jamming and everything. And I'm upstairs because where my DJ booth is, you know, it's upstairs. You know, so I'm up there, you know, I got my drink, whatever, you know, I'm playing music i got the crowd going man and i see this chick going up there you know and i got this one rule you know don't climb up the ladder because when they got me you know you literally have to go up the ladder to get to me because it's designed for me to look down on the club and um you know to get a good view of everything to get the landscape see the bartender see see the stage see how everything is laid out well anyway man out of nowhere this chick just, you know, she uh, she tells me that she needs to hear a song. I, you know, I tell her, okay, you, what song do you want to hear? She's going downstairs, and as she's going downstairs, she not only pulls the plug out of the wall, but on the way down, man, she she almost fell, and so she grabs where we have the plug, and she yanks that damn thing literally out of the wall. Hold the presses. No, she didn't. Yes, she did, man. Next thing you know, the music stops, man. People are saying, come on, DJ. Come on, DJ. So I go to the front, man, and I'm talking to the owner, man. I'm like, Derek, man, you'll never believe what just happened. This chick goes up there, man. She's trying to hear a song. On the way down, man, she almost falls. Pulls the plug out of the socket. Pulls the socket out of the wall. So at that moment, man, Derek's like, all right, man, well, we're going to go back here, man. We'll, we'll take a look at it. And who do I see at that moment, man? Blas Delgado 
Folks, in case you don't know who Blas Delgado is, he's the owner of Delgado Electric Commercial and Residential. He just happened to be there. So what happens is within the next 10 minutes, man, they had me up and running. They had that plug replaced. And when I say they, I'm talking about Blas and Derek. They had that that plug redone, refixed, and re ready to go in under 10 minutes. This is why I say make sure you hit up Delgado Electric Commercial and Residential, folks. This guy does outstanding work. If he can have a nightclub back and going in no time, trust me, he can take care of your business or your residential area. By the way, he has a phone number, 432-312-4142. I'll repeat it, 432-312-4142. Ask for Blas. I'm telling you, man, he had me up and going. I swear by this guy, man. Peace out. You're listening to Across the Middle, Gridiron Sports Report. Alrighty, everybody, as we're about to close this segment of this show down, I got a rant, man. I just don't understand. I'm at, Baby, come on. I don't understand what all the fuss is about. You knew Oklahoma and Texas were going to have to do this. The Big 12 had an idea. Hey, let's all be big Baby, guys Baby, about it. On. They could do better. You're going to do better. Like I said, Texas Tech, TCU, Baby, Baylor, Oklahoma State. Go to the Pac-12, Iowa, Iowa State, West Virginia, either go to the Big Ten or West Virginia can go to the ACC and Iowa State can go to the Big Ten. This is how college football is moving. Heck, man, it ain't tradition. All of that stuff is different now. We're in a new era. My grandfather once told me, you know when it's time for you to go, when the world don't make sense anymore. So let's not all be in that point. Let's embrace new change. Let's embrace perhaps three, four super conferences where you're going to have true NFL-style playoff systems just to see who's going to win. I'm all for this, man. Oklahoma and Texas, I applaud you. God bless y'all. Peace. I'm out. To Across the Middle with Frank Cholette. Number one. Your number one source for NFL, NBA, and college sports. Here's your host, Frank Cholette. What's up, sports fans? How's everybody doing on this Sunday? Welcome to Across the Middle, episode number eight, where we are going to be jumping in big time into a scrimmage that took place on Saturday between the Los Angeles Rams and your Dallas Cowboys. I'll give you the info of who stood out and who didn't, who was hot and who wasn't. And also, we're going to be jumping into some other things like, uh, you know, what's the deal with uh, Dak Prescott's shoulder, if it's serious, is it anything that we should concern ourselves with. But first, I'm going to take this real quick break. You're listening to Across the Middle, Gridiron Sports Report. All righty, as promised, we're going to go ahead and we're going to jump right into it. The Cowboys... And the Rams had an organized scrimmage where they pretty much agreed not to fight each other, even though some of that was thrown out the, 
the bag once they got into the heated, you know, 11-on-11s. But, um, you know, um, no fights, no tackling, because they pretty much wanted to execute, evaluate players, but they didn't want to risk the chance of anybody getting hurt. And not only that, but the Cowboys just coming off of a game on Thursday against the Pittsburgh Steelers in which it was basically all backups playing. You know, C.D. Lamb didn't play. Uh, Michael Gallup didn't play. Now, some people say the Steelers didn't play, but Claypool was out there, and he's a starter. You know, the, the running back was out there, and he's a starter. So, yeah, you could take it for whatever it's worth. You know, the Cowboys opted to use that game to evaluate players, even though that game was really what? It was three to nothing up until almost halftime. So, you know, it got out of hand once the second backups came in. But getting back to the point at hand, top players that just seem to be, I mean, they, they, I, I call them, I call them this. MVP for the And that would be one C.D. Lamb who looked good, C.D. Lamb. Uh, you know, everybody, they basically been talking them up because you know what? The guy is ready. He is going to explode on the scene this year. And there isn't a practice that doesn't go by that this guy isn't making a a spectacular play. Excuse me, folks, if I seem, you know, a little winded or my voice is a little bit different. I am getting over a chest cold. I got sick on late Friday night. So, you know, I'm just now starting to get over it. And I've got my strength coming back. But anyway, um, C.D. Lamb has been an absolute beast. I mean, uh. Him and Trayvon Diggs have been going at it. That's another person that I want to speak highly of is Trayvon Diggs. Uh, the cat's been around interceptions, just clipping them. Him and Canada, um, uh, uh, he, he's been out there balling. And Boss Man Fat, a.k.a. Kelvin Joseph, number 24. No, that ain't Cheeto. <laughs> this guy, this guy, I think, is a better cover corner than Cheeto was. Cheeto would never look back to uh, find the ball. Um, I mean, if I was if I was the other team's opposing quarterback, all I would do was just turn around and look for Cheeto and throw the ball that way because you're guaranteed to get a pass interference almost 95 percent of the time. I mean, the man had no clue and no idea where that ball was with his back turned to the ball. Now, other than C.D. and um, uh, Travion, uh, you've had other big players come out. Michael Parsons, he is as advertised. And you know what? This is my theory on him. You know, the kid is a year out of football. I would try to get him as many reps as I can because he's got he's to knock off a little of that dust. But more importantly, this is the next step up. This is the league. And I would want him to be ready. I'd want him to be definitely ready. Other big news, Connor Williams. Connor Williams. Holds his own against Aaron Donald, and I guess Aaron Donald didn't like it. So basically what happened is Connor Williams and Aaron Donald during one-on-ones were, 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 were going at it. And uh, Connor Williams, you know, you know what I, you know how I feel about big offensive linemen and defensive linemen. I'm not going to make no bones about it. I call them Fat Alberts, and every team needs them. You know, don't be mean. Don't be mean to that big kid in school. Because that big kid one day might be lead blocking for you. Or that big kid one day might be the one to get to the quarterback for you. So you want to treat them big boys with a lot of respect. Not only that, but as they get bigger, you really don't want to be messing with them. But uh, Mike Fisher, who's one of my favorite, 
favorite uh, news people had something to say about this. And uh, this is Mike Fisher's take on that. Fight, fight, fight. No, not the Jason Garrett t-shirts. That, by the way, he's taken up to New York. And they've taken very literally with the Giants. Aaron Donald is a superstar defensive tackle. He might be the best player in football, really. I think Troy Aikman recently called him the best defensive player he's ever seen, which is saying something quite. Connor Williams, you got to give him credit. He stood up to Aaron Donald. Aaron Donald didn't like being blocked by Connor Williams, who was successful against him. So face masks got grabbed and... Connor Williams held his own against the baddest man in the sport. I know we're not supposed to fight, but I must tell you, privately, Cowboy players are going, yeah. In fact, Zach Martin said it publicly, he said, you know, we're not going to start the fight, but we're going to stand up to you. We're not going to stand for that. And so the Cowboys win with Connor Williams leading the win. Connor Williams, by the way, also played a little bit of center. This is going to come down to, it's the old... I'm seeing ESPN talk about this now, and, and good. That's Mike Fisher, one of my favorite sports beats writer, um, talking about that competition going on. You know, it's good to see some feistiness there. It's good to see these guys fired up, because I know I get fired up, but I'm not out there blocking for anybody. But it's good to see him develop a mean streak in him and, and, and you know, try to carve out his own reputation. Other players that have looked good that I've noticed through the practices, um, I like Nashawn Wright. Yeah, I know he gave up the big play the other day, but, uh, you know, that's a rookie thing. No, he'll learn. He'll learn to fight through that. But for the most part, I like the way he plays. Other guys that I like that have been stepping up, Neville Gallimore, although I was a little bit disappointed in him, in the Steelers game, because he did play that game, I, I felt like he uh, he could have done more. But, you know, hey, it's only game one. He uh, definitely made up for it in the scrimmage. And that's what I want to talk about. Tony Pollard looks good. Michael Gallup is out there balling. You know, a lot of people want to talk, and, and I get caught up into this too. We want to talk CeeDee Lamb. We want to talk Amari Cooper. We're going to talk Z Elliott. And one of the last people that you ever even mentioned is Michael Gallup. And all Michael Gallup is doing is this. He's just out there creating plays, making plays, jumping over guys, running by guys. I mean, if we can keep that offensive line healthy and Dak Prescott healthy, this offense should easily, easily be able to put up 25 or more points a game. Now, on the flip side of that, you need that defense to be able to shut down somebody. Now, some of the people that I'm a little bit disappointed in, Brown, the corner. I mean, for a veteran, man, I, I thought he struggled a lot in that Pittsburgh game. I mean, every time they needed a play, they would go out or in on him, and he was giving up ground. Excuse me. Out or in, he was giving up ground. He's one of the people I'm a little bit disappointed in. Another of the people that I'm a little bit disappointed in, Jalen Smith, I just feel so bad for the guy. Because had it not been for that injury, man, this guy would have been. He'd have been a perennial pro bowler. I mean, he's already been there once. But uh, it's just a shame. 
that that foot is bothering him or or it's just affecting the way he plays. I'm not going to say it's bothering him. He's still a really good player, but I don't know, man. I get, I get a bad feeling. He may be the odd man out because Van Der Esch is looking good and Parsons is looking strong and you got Jabril uh, Cox after that, you know. I mean, they're pretty well stacked on that end of the ball, you know. So the question is going to be, who, who do you take off the floor? Well, that's it for this first segment. We're going to do one more segment, and I'm going to get into the Hall of Fame inductees that were Cowboys, uh, Cliff Harris, Drew Pearson, Jimmy Johnson. I'm actually going to play a couple clips that Jimmy played. But first, we're going to take a couple-minute break, and I'll be right back with you. Hey, what's up, sports fans? especially in the Midland and Odessa area. If you're having electrical problems, call up the professionals at Delgado Electronics. Blas is the absolute best, and his work is second to none. You can guarantee that you're going to get the absolute best quality. Give them a call at 432-312-4142. Again, that's 432-312-4142. He also does residential and commercial businesses. So give them a call and tell them that Frank Chalette from across the middle sent you. Hey, sports fans in the Midland and Odessa area. If you want a nightclub where you get a little bit of everything, pool, sports, you get karaoke, live bands, well, go no further than the Lone Star Bar. The number one bar in this region for karaoke, which is hosted Sunday through Thursday night by yours truly, DJ Frank. We also have live bands Friday and Saturday night, NFL action when the games are kicking on. So if you want the best, you want to hook up with Derek, Carson, Amanda, a whole bunch of us that are there, Miss Daria, the best bar staff folks. Look no further than the Lone Star Bar. Come check us out at 621 West Wall, the Lone Star Bar where all the action happens in the Midland and Odessa area. Having some electrical problems at home? Or maybe it's your place of business? No worries. Call the professionals at Delgado Electric. With years of experience in both home and commercial business, you have the peace of mind and guarantee that it's A-plus quality and service. Call Blas Delgado, the owner and operator at 432 312-4142. Again, that's 432-312-4142. And tell Blas, I sent you. You're listening to Across the Middle, Gridiron Sports Report. Name's Tarula, I'm a real bad dude Making sounds and noises that are certainly rude But when we're on the field, my noises are an art Like a, and a, or a plain old bar It's the sport of kings An absolute classic I don't know how many of y'all remember this From the movie Wildcats We're gonna go ahead and jump in with segment number two Of this show and we're going to talk about the Hall of Fame inductees. In particular, we're going to start off with Jimmy Johnson. And first of all, it was good to see him get into the Hall. I thought this is well overdue. 
it was also good to see him and Jerry Jones sitting there talking about, you know, what they did wrong and how it could have been better. But more importantly, it was awesome to hear Jerry Jones speak about how Jimmy Johnson will be inducted into the ring of honor that the Cowboys have that he should have, uh, quite frankly, a long time ago been a part of. But more importantly, listen to what Jimmy has to say about his relationship with Jerry Jones. What am I say about Jerry Jones? <laughs> well, Jerry, you told me. You say, we're going to make sports history before we ever bought the Cowboys, before you bought the Cowboys, because I didn't pay a damn cent. <laughs> and you know what? We, we did make sports history. Not, not only for the Dallas Cowboys, but for the NFL. To go from the worst team in the league two years in a row to winning back-to-back -back Super Bowls and building a heck of a football team. We did it, and let me tell you, from the bottom of my heart, thank you, Jerry. Thank you for giving me that opportunity. That is so awesome. I just wish it would have happened a long time ago when Troy and Emmett and Michael were playing. You know, that to me is one of the great breakups. Uh, you know, Jordan, of course, leaving the Bulls. Uh, you would have this going on with uh, – you know, Jimmy Johnson and Jerry Jones not being able to see eye to eye and they go in their own directions. And then Kobe and Shaq splitting up. I thought that was, you know, gut-wrenching right there because I was a huge Laker fan. I still am, but not as much as I was then. So to see those two, you know, older men, because they're, they're much older now, realize that, you know, hey, we might have botched this up and there could have been a lot more. That is so satisfying. I also want to talk about Drew Pearson, who got in. Um, he waited, and he waited. And I don't know if y'all seen a lot of uh, that footage of him last year when he didn't get the information and how gut-wrenching that was and how emotional that was. But to see him smiling, he deserved to be there. You can't tell the stories of the, you can't tell the story of the Dallas Cowboys in the 70s without mentioning Drew Pearson. He was smack dab in the middle of it. So was Rogers, so was Tony. Dorsett, even though he came on the latter part of the 70s. Um, Randy White, you know, Too Tall Jones, Harvey Martin, you know, and then another one that made it that I thought was well overdue, Cliff Harris, number 43. Yeah, Cliff Harris and Charlie Waters were an awesome duel. And Cliff Harris, they used to call uh, Captain Crash because, I mean, you think Jack Tatum could hit. He was, like, he was like the white version of Jack Tatum. He would knock your pellets off. Cliff Harris was an absolute phenomenal player. As a kid growing up in the 70s, when, the, when, when, when you had the, the Oakland Raiders and you had the Pittsburgh Steelers in the Steel Curtain and you had the Miami Dolphins, and of course, you had the Dallas Cowboys. And, um, man... Cliff Harris, number 43, man. It, I mean, you, you just go back and watch a lot of those old NFL films, um, you know, Super Bowl documentaries and stuff like that, man. Number 43 is he is all over the place. And those are the kind of things that you want to see. And, and you hope that these younger players grasp that when they go to the Hall of Fame and they see it, that it's an absolute privilege to be there and it's an honor to be there. But more importantly, it means that you had team success, too. You know, more times than many will that 
equate to team success. And to see Jimmy Johnson, Drew Pearson, and Cliff Harris, three three guys. I mean, Jimmy didn't wait as long as those guys. But, yeah, it's been long overdue, and it, it is awesome. It is awesome. Also, what we do know is that the Cowboys will be playing on Friday. So I'm going to be coming in with more of these reports on Sunday, Wednesday. Wednesday, I want to kind of do high school recruiting. I'm going to do uh, players, where you know, who's going where and what schools because we just had OU and Texas jump to the SEC. And now there's a, a, another mad rumor going around that uh, Clemson and Florida State could be headed to the SEC. So this is going to really start to get interesting as we get down to this. And, um, you know, just look for more content. I'm also going to be talking Texas Longhorns because I'm a Texas Longhorn fan. So Wednesday may actually be Longhorn slash recruiting. I will talk other Big 12 teams. I'm, you know, I'm just a fan of football, but, you know, I just happen to follow those teams. And my channel is a little bit more skewed to that, but I am willing to talk other teams. Also, one last thing. Um, there seems to be concern going on with Dak Prescott and his shoulder and whether he's going to be able to, uh, you know, start the season. I, I would not worry about that. You know, I just think what it is is he's, he had, he's had a tired arm. He's been throwing and throwing and throwing and throwing, and, you know, eventually that thing's going to get worn out. So from me to you, like I said, this wasn't going to be very long. All I wanted to do was just give you the information of what happened in the scrimmage if you didn't get an opportunity to catch it on YouTube. Like I said, there were some standout players. C.D. Lamb is basting it. Uh, Michael Parsons is basting it. Kelvin Joseph is killing it. So, you know, we got some, look like we might have some clay to mold, depending on how it goes. I'm going to run a couple more commercials, and then I'll give you my final rant of the day, and then we're going to close this thing out. We're going to do it the right way, the right way, the right way, the right way. Coming right at you as soon as I get this lined up. And uh, here we go. Hey, what's up, sports fans, especially in the Midland and Odessa area? If you're having electrical problems, call up the professionals at Delgado Electronics. Blas is the absolute best, and his work is second to none. You can guarantee that you're going to get the absolute best quality. Give him a call at 432-312-4142. Again, that's 432-312-4142. He also does residential and commercial businesses so give them a call and tell them that frank chalette from across the middle sent you hey sports fans in the midland and odessa area if you want a nightclub where you get a little bit of everything pool sports you get karaoke live bands well go no further than the lone star bar the number one bar in this region for karaoke, which is hosted Sunday through Thursday night by yours truly, DJ Frank. We also have live bands Friday and Saturday night, NFL action when the games are kicking on. So if you want the best, you want to hook up with Derek, Carson, Amanda, a whole bunch of us that are there, Miss Daria, the best bar staff folks. Look no further than the Lone Star Bar. Come check us out at 621 West Wall, the Lone Star Bar where all the action happens in the Midland and Odessa area.
Alrighty, as we close out another segment, this is my one minute rant song. And this is just going to the Big 12. Hey guys, it's very simple. The remaining teams that are there, why don't you join in with the Pac-12? I said this before, if you joined in with the Pac-12, you would have one heck of a conference. It still would be a strong football conference. Would it be as strong as the SEC? Probably not. Would it be as strong as the ACC or maybe the Big Ten combining? Probably not. But you're still going to have a very strong conference. And in hoops, y'all are going to be absolute murder. I mean, Baylor just won the national title. Texas Tech two years ago was there. So you got some strong teams over there. Oklahoma State, Kansas State. Now, I don't know what's going to take place with Iowa State. Maybe they vote for the Big Ten. I don't know. But all I could tell you is you're not in that bad of a situation. You still have a good product. Oh, yeah. So, so what Oklahoma and Texas went on to the SEC? We'll see how it works out for them. But I can say one thing. If you combine with the Pac-12, you would without a doubt have one of the better conferences. And basketball recruiting would be insane. And of course they would want Texas teams in the Pac-12. Because then it opens recruiting in the state of Texas for those teams. So guess what, man? We got to get over it, man. We got to get over it. Life goes on. And I'm out, y'all. God bless y'all. I'll catch you next week. Thank you for listening to the Across the Middle with Frank Cholette. Tune in next time for more great guests and awesome sports talk.